and welcome to uh, episode two of the Norman Transcript Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Byron White, uh, and right now I have Mark Millsap in the building, live in, in studio. Hello. Hello, all. How's it going today? Uh, it's going pretty good. How about you, Mark? Just great. Drinking a little Gatorade right now, blue Gatorade. Wonderful. That's my favorite. Got to get those electrolytes in. Now, today, I know it's week number two or episode number two, and I, I know the people are looking forward to it. Uh, you have some top picks for us today? Absolutely. I have top picks. But first, I want to find out, does, do our listeners know that there is a new on cue, ready to go, open and ready to go out there on Classen and Highway 9? Right there as you're going to Noble towards that new Walmart, towards all that uh, all that new stuff they put out there, Starbucks, Panda Express. The uh, OnCue just opened in the last couple of weeks. And, of course, it is big and massive and a great place to get gas. But there's also something called the grill. Not sure exactly what the grill is yet. I haven't stopped there yet, but I'm looking forward to it because it just says the grill. Interesting. I, uh, I I know they had been working on the construction for a while. I didn't know that it they was had. actually up and ready, so I'll, I'll have to yeah stop by and check them out. A lot of people didn't think it was going to happen, and it actually happened. Uh, dirt moved quite often. They had to fill and refill and let it settle and let it fill. I think the project went on, gosh, at least a year, if not two years, for that area. For that area. But uh, also at the uh, intersection of 24th, uh, East and Lindsay right there before you get on I-35. That'll be another on-queue location that they're building just uh, just right now. So there'll be two brand new on-queues in Norman very quickly. Interesting. On-queue seems to be picking up a lot of ground. Uh, um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll just see some bigger and better gas stations here in Norman as the city gets bigger, uh, you know, as, as time goes on. Yeah. They, uh, like I said, they're pretty good. Go check them out. But uh, also, I've got breakfast picks for you. Two okay. breakfast picks for you. So on continuing down Highway 9, if you go to Chautauqua, and yes, I said Chautauqua. I can't spell it, but I can say Chautauqua. Highway 9, Chautauqua, Rudy's. Rudy's Barbecue. It's not just for lunch or dinner. Breakfast, I think, is their best meal. They have to-go breakfast tacos. This is egg, cheese, and your choice of smoked meats. Smoked brisket, smoked jalapeno sausage, smoked sausage, turkey, whatever you want in the breakfast burrito they'll make for you. But the best thing is to just to go in, grab them right off the shelf, already pre-made. They're ready to go. Ready. Uh, they're, they're, they're like three bite size, so have a couple of them. Put a little barbecue sauce on it, but the breakfast and the jalapeno sausage breakfast tacos are amazing from Rudy's. Don't forget to stop by there for breakfast, especially if you're heading out for a road trip. Cannot go wrong with their sliced brisket. It's my favorite thing from there. It's good stuff. Chop it up. Put it on the breakfast uh, taco or burrito, they call it. Very good stuff. Also, next place, when you need a really good breakfast, let's just say really good for a hangover, Midway Deli has a chili, cheese, and egg quesadilla. That's right. Chili, cheese, 
eggs, all onto crunchy tortillas. Awesome, like I said, if you, uh, you know, went out the night before, uh, but also you want a nice little breakfast, Midway Deli is a place to go as well. Sit down, get it to go, but definitely try. You might think the chili be too much in the mornings, but the chili is just right in the mornings. Egg, cheese, and chili quesadilla. Okay, that sounds amazing. Uh, I big fan of the of, of the Midway Deli. Uh, you know, their ownership and, and management and their staff are always very nice and polite. Uh, just a very clean establishment. Great place. Of course, ask for Midway Bob when you go in there. Tell him tell him that we sent you. Tell him that the transcript podcast sent you. All right, for dinner on historic campus corner, there's a little place, an Irish pub. I think the only Irish pub in Norman. It's called O'Connell's. It's been there a while. Go see Jeff Stewart, the owner. Ask him not for a burger, not for just adult beverages. Ask for the fish and chips. That's one of the best things on their menu. And a lot of people would think, oh, O'Connell's, great burgers, great atmosphere, great beverages, uh, uh, great nachos, uh, you know, bar food, things like that. But their fish and chips are amazing. Jeff will tell you exactly where he got the fish. He usually says the duck pond. But I'm not sure. But wherever he's getting the fish is amazing. Lightly breaded. Uh, great, great, uh, uh, great white fish, flaky white fish inside. Put it with their fries and uh, get a little tartar sauce, and it's amazing. The fish and chips are the best, uh, I would say, in this town and in this region. But uh, don't, don't, uh, don't worry about going to the Irish pub and and uh, and getting the beer in the in the burger. Get you some fish and chips because those are excellent. Big fan of O'Connell's. I, I even remember way, way back when they were still on the corner of Lindsay and what was it, Jenkins? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, just an absolute staple in, in, in Norman. Uh, amazing food, amazing burgers, amazing fish and chips. Mm-hmm. Definitely should stop by if you haven't been. Stop by. Like I said, talk to Jeff. He'll he'll uh, tell you a few stories and get you. Uh, he'll fry the fish himself for you. So good times there. And uh, I think that's all I got today. So I appreciate you having me on. And hopefully, uh, again, people like the top picks and go try them out and uh, tell them the Norman Transcript Podcast sent you. Yes, yes. And, you know, support local business. It's very important. Uh, but one more thing for you, Mark, before, before sure. we let you go. Uh, you know, there's a, a huge controversy up here at the, the Transcript or, or just a huge debate going on. Um, listeners, feel free to chime in in the comments or even write letters up here. You can even shoot me an email at bwhite at normantranscript.com if, if you have something to say about this. But in your personal opinion, would you would you like an, an organized assorted candy basket by like shape, size, or color or just a, a randomized candy basket with everything just thrown in there? Wow, Byron, I can't believe you brought this up. This is quite the controversial uh, office dilemma that we have going on uh ever since you you started here on your desk uh you're the one that has the candy basket on the desk which is amazing uh and good for everyone except you organize the candy basket by color so if it's jolly ranchers just think of the candy basket in neat rows of colors nobody wants that 
Nobody wants wants a candy basket that organized like that. Everybody just wants to dig through a candy basket and find what they feel is the flavor of the day. It's already prepared like that. There is no fun in the candy basket when it's when it's not assorted. So yes, it needs to be assorted. And others in this building understand and love the assorted candy basket. So it needs to be assorted, not in rows and not organized. Okay. Well, you know, I, I guess we'll have to just agree to disagree. You know, I, I think when it's <laughs> when it's sorted and all organized nice, you know, somebody could just walk by and just quickly see what they want and just grab it. And, you know, they don't have to pause or take a moment and, and, and just sit there and, and sift through candy and try to figure out which flavor they want. They can just see it and grab it. But, you know, to each his own and we'll just agree to disagree. Please, listeners, comment. Tell us what you think organized candy basket or assorted candy basket believe me it's assorted we'll talk about the results uh next week about how most people like the assorted candy basket thank you (laughs) all right well thank you so much for your time mark uh moving forward up next we have a a nice conversation with jesse crittenden our our thunder reporter about thunder basketball yes make sure when you talk to uh jesse ask him how the new uniforms for the thunder look he was at the game last night against the lakers they broke out their new city uniforms and i'm telling you they were not very good looking but please ask jesse about that yes sir will do will do well um, we're going to take a brief commercial break and we'll be right back thank you okay y'all it's time to pay some bills Not a current subscriber to the Norman Transcript? Not a problem. Call 405-366-3573 and ask for our New Year's rate and our new Senior Citizens rate. Norman Transcript has been providing local news to the Norman area since 1889 with the stories from the community you know and love. Again, to start your subscription, call 366-3573. Welcome back. Uh, and now we have our very own Jesse Crittenden, who has been covering the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, for this upcoming season. Uh, right now, Jesse, the Thunder are sitting at five and five. Uh, what what are you really seeing, uh, you know, some things that they could work on or some things that they're doing really well at this point? Well, uh, first of all, thanks, Byron, for, for having me on. I um, love that you are, are doing the podcast, um, getting our name out there. But um, yeah, for the Thunder, honestly, uh, I think I think you got to be pretty pretty happy if you're a player um, on the team being five and five. I, I think the tough thing, though, is obviously the Thunder are, are in rebuild mode, right? So, but it's it's tough. You can't you can't expect players to just lose games. So usually, when you go into a rebuild mode, you're looking for young players. Um, to to make uh, progress, you know, to step up their game a little bit, and we've seen that SGA, or sorry, Shea Gildas Alexander has has really excelled as the point guard um, so far for this team. Um, I think you could definitely say that that Hamadou Diallo, um, Lugans Dort, uh, Darius Baisley have all made uh, definitely improvements from last season, um, especially um, Lou Dort. Lou Dort shooting forty four percent from three. So I, I think as a team, and not looking at it from the rebuild perspective, if you're just looking at it from a how can this team get more wins perspective, I think the main thing for them is is better three-point shooting. Um, even uh, SGA has really struggled from there, just 35%. Um, you've got 
Um, Baisley shooting 28% from three, even Al Horford, a, a career 37% shooter, shooting shooting 32% from the field. So um, right off the top of my head, I think the three-point shooting, you know, perimeter shooting has got to be the focus. Okay. Uh, so shooting is, is obviously a focus, but you mentioned Dort or, or Lou Dort. You know, he, he's very uh, he, he's a very intense defender. Um, just as far as defense and, and team defense, how well do you think he really fits into this team and what he really brings to the table as far as the uh, improving the overall team defense when he's on the floor? Again, yeah, I think I think the the, the discussion about defense and, and a player's defense, um, I mean, I, I think we can all agree team defense is, is different than individual defenders and it being good at individual defense. I think there are players that excel in uh, in one-on-one but maybe don't necessarily excel at being a help defender right or or knowing where to be even when they're when their man doesn't have the ball um but i I think lou dort definitely right now is more of an individual defender you put him on you know the opposing team's best player um i definitely think he's he is he has worked on his individual defense or excuse me his team defense um he's gotten a few steals this year you know getting into passing lanes things like that but i think the thunder really from from dort they need him to be as versatile as possible and as as great as it is that he can be really effective on a team's best offensive player he needs to be able to work from a team concept and i think that's where he can get better right now okay uh, well just moving along here um so at, at five and five ten games in uh, tonight is a pretty big game up against the uh, los angeles lakers um just of a, a brief prediction, uh, how do you think tonight's going to go out for them? Well, it's it's really tough, Byron, because um, both the Thunder and the Lakers are on the second night of a back-to-back tonight. So I think it just depends on if the Lakers have LeBron, Anthony Davis. You know, they're they're maybe the two best players in the league. So, um, but if the if the Lakers are healthy, even on the road. Um, I think they get the dub probably by 10 or 15 points. The thing for the Thunder this year is they have not won a home game this year. They are 0-4 at home. All of their wins this year have come on the road. So, and also this gets into uh, without fans in the stands, um, the overall home record of teams across the league is actually below 500 right now. So I really think we're seeing that um, home, home court advantage really doesn't exist this year. And and the Lakers just are a better team than the Thunder, so I, I would expect the Lakers to get the win tonight. Okay, and that's you know that's, that's reasonable without fans. Loud City isn't really Loud City anymore. Um, but with that being said, you know with with no fans in in these in these arenas, would you say that this season uh, would be as difficult as let's say the the bubble season and like whoever wins the championship this year if if they're still not able to have fans come summertime when it's time to get into the playoffs, do you think it is as difficult as the bubble season or or uh, just a little bit less difficult because I guess they get to stay in their homes and in their cities and everything? How do you feel about that? Well, man, Byron, that is a, quite a question you just asked me. So uh, I love the question, a great question, but you could look at that from a variety of different angles. So I'll, I'll try to keep this short. I think the bubble presented its own unique challenges. Um, why I think the positives of the bubble that players aren't experiencing now is there was not a single positive case in the bubble. So there really was no concern about COVID-19, you know, players, staff, coaches, uh, guests actually contracting COVID. And that is a significant weight off. On the other hand, you are, you're not at home. 
you're not really around family and a lot of players have reported real isolation you know feeling isolated feeling you know their mental health struggling and i think that was great for some of those players to really talk about that and really open up those issues i think we think of these players as as millionaires too much and not so much about human beings that also have feelings but to get back to your question i think this year has its kind of has its own challenges that even maybe rival the bubbles because uh, as you probably saw yesterday the league handed out um, more specific covid restrictions basically on the road players aren't allowed to leave their rooms their hotel rooms at home players essentially aren't allowed to leave their home unless they're going to a team sponsored event um, and also, we've seen several games have been canceled already. We had two more um, canceled today. Um, the Celtics have had three games canceled in the last three days. So um, I don't know if I'd say one is necessarily more challenging than the other. Um, but I will say this year, I mean, we're seeing early on that there's a real struggle. And George Hill even said after the game last night um, against the Spurs that he's going to do what he wants to do. If, if the restrictions really are this necessary, maybe they shouldn't be playing. And as much as it was a struggle for players to be in the bubble, you know, actually getting COVID wasn't really a, a problem for them. Yeah. And it, it really doesn't help when you have guys like James Harden and, and Kyrie Irving uh, videos are servicing on social media where they're at very large gatherings, whether it be at parties or, or, or for Kyrie's sake, uh, at, a, at a family gathering, uh, you know, just them being caught without mask on, you know, it's it's very hard to keep these protocols and to keep your team safe and healthy uh, when you have guys doing that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be a difficult season moving forward uh, with the COVID protocols. Um, but well, here, here's the thing, too. You're absolutely right. And it's just like regular society, right? It's like we can, you know, you can be the most dedicated mask wearer in the world you could be the most dedicated social distancing type of person but if you if not enough people are doing that it's almost for not in some cases right and it's the same thing with the nba these restrictions only work if everybody is following them and clearly that's not the case right now exactly well moving on um you know at this early stage in the the early stage in the season how far do you think this Thunder team can go? I know they're young. I know we're in a rebuilding year, but it's hard to think, you know, sitting at five and five right now, it's hard to think, you know, maybe maybe we're not going to tank. Maybe we might sneak into an eighth or seventh seed uh, later down the line. You know, we're, we're very competitive, um, you know, and just with everything going on in the league right now, we might have a chance in the West. Yeah, I mean, again, um, you know, you know, Sam Presti isn't one to be shy about making deals. And I think he probably recognizes that having Al Horford and George Hill on your team, those are competent veterans who could be contributors on a contending team. So obviously the Thunder, you know, aren't going to make a deep playoff run this year. But if they if they continue the season as currently constructed right now, it is absolutely not out of the question. They could finish. Um, in one of the seven through ten spots to even make the, the new play-in tournament this year. Um, the Thunder sit at ninth right now. They're five and five. Um, Shea Gilles Alexander is averaging 21 points a game this year. He's a He is a you know phenomenal young player and they've even with the young talent a lot of the young talent has been good this year so i mean i, I don't think anyone should get their hopes up that even if this team stays together through the year that the thunder will even make the play-in tournament but it's absolutely not out of the question i mean i mean they've got good players right now 
Okay. Uh, and another question. Do you think SGA gets an all-star nod this year? All-star? Um, probably not. If I had to guess, it wouldn't shock me if he did. And I, and I do think he will get, I think he will make some all-star teams in the future. But my guess is one or both of George Hill and Al Horford get traded at some point. I think that'll really hurt the team. And as we've seen, I mean, even Bradley Bill in the East last year, he put up phenomenal numbers, um, still didn't make the all-star team. So um, in, in Oklahoma City being in a smaller market, if you're, if, you're, if you're not a great team and you're in a small market, that just automatically puts the odds against you. So um, I would just tell Thunder fans, don't be discouraged if, if SGA doesn't make a, an all-star team this year. I think he will in the future. He's clearly a, a great player. Uh, but as far as this year, it might be a little bit premature. Okay. Well, uh, just one last thing before I let you go, Jesse. Thank you so much for your time. Um, just early stage predict, or, or I'm sorry, early stages prediction. Um, who do you think wins the championship this year? You know, again, I feel like I have to. I feel like I have to 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 put all of my answers in context um, because this season's obviously you know already incredibly difficult with teams having to. Um, cancel games with with players having to enter quarantine but assuming we have a pseudo normal rest of the season and a very competitive talented or excuse me very competitive solid playoffs healthy playoffs my money's on the lakers i, I think they're they're clearly the favorites um i think dennis schroeder um and you know Montres Harold, those guys, those new acquisitions for the Lakers this year have really panned out for them. And I think I think Dennis Schroeder actually really filled the one need they really had, which was getting a a consistent ball handler beside you know beside LeBron. So um, honestly, I mean, I think the Clippers will come back with a vengeance this year. I think the Bucks are good. Um, the Nets, if they can figure out what the heck is going on with Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Um, maybe they can make a run, but um, my money is on the Lakers, Byron. How about you? Who do you have? I got the Lakers in four. <laughs> against Lakers in four? Against anyone. Nah. Who, who do you think they play against? Um, It's a little early to tell. Uh, if you were to ask me about a week or two ago, I would definitely have said Brooklyn would have made it to the finals and then saw the Lakers and uh, eventually would have gotten beat, but uh, like Kyrie and, and, and KD, they looked unstoppable for about the first week, uh, and, and and now not so much. Have you seen all the the tweets from uh, from uh, Sham Sharania and 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 Woj with ESPN today? I have not. What's there, going on? There is real evidence right now that I mean the, the heat or the the Rockets basically have sped up the Harden trading process, and there are credible reports out there that that. The Nets are willing to trade anyone that's not KD. That includes Kyrie, especially with all of his um, with all of his antics the last few days. So I really think by the time you release this podcast, it's very possible that James Harden is playing um, for the Nets or for the Sixers, and that Kyrie's not with the Nets or Ben Simmons isn't with the Sixers. Um, there's credible reports right now that the, a trade might be made as soon as tomorrow. So um, I, I obviously. If, if James Harden goes to the Nets, we probably need to have a different discussion about title favorites. Absolutely. Uh, if, if James Harden goes to the Nets, that is just an offensive explosion. I don't think there's any any team that can check James Harden and or Kevin Durant both at, with the same game. Uh, you know, both of them have the ability to go out and get 50 any given night. 
Uh, it's going to be really hard to contain that, especially James Harden, because he's a facilitator also. He's he's not just a scorer or or uh, he, he's not just a uh, just a just a dominant just offensive threat. He is a great offensive threat. And then whenever he whenever he tries, whenever he actually cares, he's a great defender as well. Now, he doesn't defend well or he doesn't defend well with that intensity every time. Uh, but, you know, if he were to really get in a good situation and really lock in, I think he could be extremely dangerous. Now, I agree. And really, I mean, I don't think this would make them, you know, automatic title favorites or anything. But if if you paired James Harden and Joel Embiid on the same team together, even especially with some of the, the role players the Sixers have now with um, Seth Curry and, you know, even as inconsistent as Danny Green is, he showed last night, he, he made nine threes in a game last night, set the team record. So, um I think the Sixers would you'd have you'd definitely have to be scared of them if James Harden went to them. So, um, you know, we'll see. But I really think this season, by the time we get to the end of it, might even be known as as being crazier than the bubble season. So, we'll see. We will definitely see. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for your time. All right, all right. I know you guys are having fun enjoying the podcast, but we got to pay a couple bills. Uh, with that being said. First and foremost, thank you for tuning in to the Norman Transcript Podcast. Uh, we've had a blast putting this together for you guys. It's been a very fun time. But now, you know, if you have that garage sale coming up or you have uh, some old furniture you want to get rid of or any antiques or anything like that, feel free to contact Jan. Uh, you can give her a call at 405-366-3501 or shoot her an email at jan at normantranscript.com. Thank you. Welcome back. Uh, now I have Jesse Crittenden and Sonny Law here, uh, and they're going to have a conversation about uh, MMA fighting, and uh, also they're going to talk about Sonny Law's MMA career. Uh, so let's just jump right in it. Hope you enjoy. Okay, so how so how long have you been fighting, Sonny? How, what kind of fighting yeah. do you do? Uh, MMA, actually. I started in 2012. I started training, actually, in 2011. And I didn't take my first fight till 2013. Okay. Um, and that's whenever I got serious. I, I took my first amateur fight. Um, and it was actually a week after Thanksgiving. So I didn't get to eat Thanksgiving. Oh, man. Um, the crazy <laughs> thing is that it was actually supposed to be the week before Thanksgiving, but an ice storm hit. So they postponed it for the week after. So, you know, didn't get to eat because I had to cut weight. But, um... Yeah, I started in 2013, and then I, I fought amateur for until from thir 2013 until 2016, and then I turned pro. And then um, my last fight was in 2017, and shortly after that, that's when uh, my fiance got pregnant, and mm. then I slowed down a little bit. Right. Yeah. And I, I still train, um, obviously not as much since COVID, but. And I, I'm trying to um, transition more into training guys. I want to open my own gym one day. I, I've, yeah. I've done some private lessons and I've trained guys for fights. So um, that's the next thing is I want to open my own gym. That's a, well. I, I know we haven't interacted like a ton, but right. I mean we. I mean we've. I mean I've. Uh, we've worked together for a while now and every time i see you you're always you know pretty laid back and, and pretty chill so i'm kind of curious you know obviously there's a little bit of difference between that and the in the fighting aspect right. so i'm kind of curious what made you want to get into fighting um it actually it was pretty 
a pretty natural transition because I've, I've played football my whole life. Um, I'm from Norman. I went to Norman North. Uh, I played my freshman year in college at um, Northeastern uh, Oklahoma A&M, Miami, Oklahoma. Okay. And after my freshman year, I just was burned out. I didn't want to play anymore. Um, I just had been playing my whole life, you know, and just... I get that. And then finally, it was just like, you know, let's do something else. And I didn't even naturally transition to fighting. I just wanted to be a college student, you know. And then after a year about just being a student, I I missed being competitive. Right. So, um, and and I actually, my friend, one of my best friends, he has been into MMA a long time and I he used to watch it all the time and I never really got into it and then for whatever reason one night I uh I got invited way back in the day back when Anderson Silva fought Forrest Griffin and for some reason I'd seen a bunch of fights but when I watched that fight I just knew I had to do it I was like it that day it changed and then from then on my mindset was I was gonna be a professional fighter so and uh and you know and i i spent you know almost 10 years trying to make it to the best to the highest spot possible you know while still working full time so it was definitely a challenge but it was fun i bet you know i can't i can't obviously relate to the the fighting aspect of things but i can imagine that it's it's kind of what we were talking about before we started recording like the competitiveness i can imagine is just at a 10 right it's just it's just you're in a ring with somebody else and it's can I beat you? Right. That's that's what it comes down to. It's simple. You know what I mean? It's just it's just simple. Can I beat you? It, that's exactly it. And and at first, like I said, I didn't necessarily do it to start fighting. I I well, I, I guess like I said, I saw that fight, and then I was like, well, I'm interested in MMA. Let's say that. And then I started training, and I started getting in really good shape. And then the coaches kept telling me that I should fight. You know. And then it finally hit me. I'm like, well, why am I doing all this if I can't use it? You know, right. so and then it just happened to just one thing led to the next. And next thing I know, I just have a fight booked. And, right. you know, in hindsight, I don't even know how that happened. But but, um, you know, it was fun. And, and like I said, I, I think there's one thing that you can learn from it. You know, obviously learning how to fight is great, but it, it's something about being in the, a ring with another person being in front of a bunch of people you know it's something about being exposed uh it puts you it it takes your mind to another place and 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 um even playing football my whole life there is nothing like being in an individual sport you know where it's just you and that person you know it's become so much more like carnal it's it's crazy it was correct me if i'm wrong but this this is kind of way i think of it it's like it's it's kind of what we were talking about too like football and basketball and baseball kind of put like a neat little bow on competitiveness natural Mm -hmm. competitiveness but it seems like there's something uh, about fighting mma and wrestling that's that's it's almost like a more natural form of competitiveness if that makes sense like i even think about like like early humans right like before we got all civilized and socialized and stuff like it was more about like we have to compete with each other for resources right you're right so i don't know so i don't know if i'm way off base here but that's kind of the way i see it sometimes you're you're not you're exactly on the the way i look at it is wrestling is the oldest sport in the world you know and and actually 
next to it i would say fighting is the first if you want to call that the sport that was the first sport because like you said people were fighting for not for resources you know right i think fighting um and and not just street fighting because i'm not i'm not a guy that's been in a lot of street fights you know either i think it's a it's an art and especially it's a way to express yourself you know i think a lot of people have a hard time expressing themselves maybe verbally you know but they right. get into a MMA gym or mixed martial arts ring and then it just they look like a whole different person and I think right. um I think it's I mean people can say it's barbaric but at the end of the day you I think you're just thinking that the fighters are thinking I want blood I want I mean I'm that's that's not it I at least from my mindset I could tell you that it's it's more about the glory you know of being one-on-one with somebody and you making them quit and you or them saying they quit you know there's it's something it's something that takes you i mean it's it's hard to describe it's it's an it's an intoxicating feeling you know well i think and i think it seems i think one thing i don't always think about you you know because i'm not uh, you know as involved but i always think about like you know we think of like quarterbacks having a style of play right Mm -hmm. or we think about like you know point guards in the nba they have a style of play like russell westbrook is just attack attack right right um you know steph curry's a little bit more graceful right but fighters have their own style too when you watch fighter even when i I grew up watching boxing matches all the time with my dad he would always get the the saturday you know pay-per-view fights and and one thing that was evident to me early on was fighters really do have a style and it's really not it's not just it's not just dudes or, or women in a in a ring just you know trying to beat the crap out of each other they're really there's finesse and there's style and there's strategy and i think a lot of that if you're not looking for it you, you miss it right if you and that's the thing it's it's not with the, for the untrained eye it just looks like a mess you know but right. it's it's there's so much to it and you think you know a lot of guys especially when you see a lot of these celebrities doing celebrity boxing then you know or whatever they think oh well i could I'm like don't you can't do that against a guy who's been doing that for you know since he was 10 or, or right. younger it, it's just it's not it's fighting is not for the faint of heart but it's also it's not as it's not as barbaric as as many people seem either well and i i think about it too i think competitive competitiveness in general the competition is just addictive right it is, and it's yeah. and and i think and I, it's silly to kind of say this but you know i i grew up playing basketball and, and my team and my high school team was was pretty good we made it to the state uh, finals mm-hmm. my junior year state semis my senior year and ever since you know i didn't go play college ball but i've really missed that and mm-hmm. i would think even byron would tell you um you know we play we play nba 2k20 mm-hmm. um, almost every night and it sounds silly and i know it's not the same no. thing but it's like that's like replaced my competitiveness because we're playing against other players right. and there's still that competition of like we're a team we want to beat you so I, I really think in a lot of ways sports different sports are just different ways of wrapping like of putting a bow on what competition is yeah and it can come in a variety of different forms but there's something almost addictive about just I have my skills, you have yours. Let's compete. Let's who's who's going to win? Let's see who's better. And and the thing too is like, you know, like you said, playing team sports, football, basketball. Obviously, winning is rewarding, right? You know, right. but you're sharing that. I mean, it sounds selfish, but you're sharing that with, with everybody the, else, with everybody right? Else, yeah. And then, but at the same time, that same token though, is if you know, I'm fighting. If I make a mistake, it's on me too. You know, right, there's right. no other person to blame. You know, so I I think. I like what I like about fighting. It feels much more riskier. 
not even in the sense that I could get hurt, but that the fact that you can't every, blame it on anybody. I, I can't else blame anybody lose. else. No. Yeah. And I and I like that. I like I like being able to look within and be like, okay, well, you did this or didn't do that. You know what I mean? And and then right. it's I feel like that's a lot of you learn the truest lessons about yourself from when you do it by yourself. I mean, you it's hard to learn a lot of lessons when you're I mean, I'm not saying you can't with team sports, but it's it definitely puts it out there when you're by yourself. Well, I, th- I think the dynamics of team sports and, and individual sports are so different. But I also think like when you get a sport like basketball where you've only got five players on a floor or 10 players together, but mm-hmm. five players together on a floor and you you can see that struggle between players who just want theirs. Right. right. I want my points tonight. Right. And I don't care if the team wins. Exactly. And, or in or and then you know a coach or other players trying to get that player to be more team oriented. Because then it's like because then there's still the individual aspect of those team sports, right? It's like everybody wants to feel like they contributed if if right. you win, right? But in an individual sport too. But the, on the on the other side of it, in a in a team sport you don't have to do it all by yourself and there's a comfort level to that right right but an individual sport like i always think about golf too like just a just a very intense and you can't blame it on anyone else but you and i it seems like fighting's the same way oh yeah and i i i appreciate golfers you know because it's like you said that individuality of of no one to blame you know you can't say oh the coach came up with this play or it's you you know so it's 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 definitely I think if you're a person that can't, you know, look within and say, yeah, I did this wrong, it's going to be hard for you to play individual sports. Yeah. You know? So if you can't take that responsibility, then you're not going to, to say, take, take the accountability of, you know, what happened to cause this, then it's going to be hard to make that transition to any individual sport, you know? Right. And, and I mean, I for me, because I've always played team sports, I wasn't a wrestler, you know, either. So, I, it was hard for me to make that transition to to realize like oh you can't blame anybody it's you you know so. right well those dynamics are interesting too because you know wrestling it wrestling to me is like or like i even think of like uh high school collegiate wrestling is like in, in like the most individualized team sport mm-hmm. right like you're you're like your team comes together, points come together, but it's all dependent on how you do against somebody else. Right. Right. Um, and I think golf is golf. You're really not, I mean, you're playing against other people, but how you do isn't dependent on how they do. Right. right. So even like in fighting, it's still like you, ha- you have to perform a certain way, but whoever you're fighting against, you know what how you do is kind of dependent on what they do right too right but in golf it's like i mean you're playing against other players but how i hit the ball is not dependent on how somebody else hits correct it, right but in fighting how i hit you might be dependent on how you hit me and right yes but it also is which which you said too it's also you also have the other side of it where you can't you'll fight yourself before you fight the That's, other guy yeah you know and, and that is a big thing too you know i kind of wonder about like the mental at the mental aspect of the, the mental fighting is as well. harder than the physical yeah. I, I promise you that because you will be in the gym and you could take five fresh you're about to have a fight in two weeks you take five fresh sparring partners beat them all up and then do all these things and then the fight comes and you don't do even half of what you did in the gym Right. You know, because it's just the lights, the situation, or whatever. You know, right. it, it is mostly f- mental. I, it is. It's 
there does seem I I hadn't really thought about that before, but the the mental aspect of like uh, how hard is how hard is it to like I'm sure you know as a fight's progressing how you're like if you're doing well or you're not mm-hmm. right like you can get midway through it and it's like I'm not doing very well is it hard to like kind of come out of that and and rebound and and for some back? for some yes it just depends on the type of fighter you are right you know um there's guys who really rely on their corner man you know that rely right. like okay what am I what did I do or what happened that round right and then there's guys who like me I I typically I, you know, I tried to adapt. I tried to adapt, you know, on the go. You know, if I see something, I'm not going to keep running into it. You know, if it's, if I'm keep getting hit with a jab, I'm going to go this, I'm going to go right. I'm not going to keep doing something. But it, it, like you said, it, it depends on the fighter because some fighters, they need that corner is to say, hey, man, you're doing this when you should be doing that. Some guys just need, they'll come in after the second round and be like, oh, I know what I'm doing. And they're like, yeah, you're right. You're doing this. You know, right. It's 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 all about that fighter, and then then you have the other guys too who um you know don't like game plans. You know uh, that like to come in because a lot of fighters they like to come in with the game plan. I'm gonna right. shoot a takedown at this point or blah 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 or try to. And I I come from more of the ground that I don't like to have a game plan because then I start preparing for something that may right. not ever happen. You right. know, so trying to find that balance between like. Like doing what's naturally like instinctive to you and being ready for everything, yeah, right? Right. So it's like you know, it's all it's just your approach. You know, there's so many approaches to it. You know that a lot of people don't think about that um, get overlooked. But you know, it's just like any sport. You know, there's so many the 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 fine details that we don't see that that uh, make the sport. You know, so right. I think fighting is definitely and it's still very fairly new. You know, MMA. Right. So I think um, if it gets to time in like boxing people will start to understand and appreciate it better you know in my opinion i hope anyway so well guys that's all we have for you this week uh thank you so much for tuning in to the second episode of the norman transcript podcast once again i am your host byron white uh and hopefully you join us next week on friday when we drop episode three thank you Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Norman Transcript podcast hosted by our new content creator, Byron White. And we appreciate all your support. Thank you for for reading our content, for advertising with us, for listening to this podcast. Um, If you want to get um, more up to date information on on what we're doing, the stories we're writing or the, the podcasts we're producing, you can go to our Twitter and follow us at Norman News. You can go to our Facebook page, The Norman Transcript, or you can go to our website, normantranscript.com. Once again, thank you all so much for supporting us, and uh, we look forward to producing more content for you guys. Thank you.